My freshman year of college, I remember one weekend I was back home visiting my family, and we went to Mass as always at our home parish, St. Vincent de Paul. And I don't remember exactly why I was back in the sacristy where they get everything ready for Mass. I was good friends with the pastor. And the gentleman that helped him out, kind of getting everything ready, the sacristans, what you would call him, looked at me in the face and he goes, John, you're not disappointing me, are you? And I said, Mr. DeBernardis, I have a sign on my wall in my dorm room that says, John, whatever you do, don't disappoint Tom DeBernardis. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, at that exact moment, that sign did not yet exist. But when I went back to school, and I told my roommate, who happens to be a priest now as well, Father Vince Giacobazzi, he immediately made up the sign and put it on the wall. So for the rest of my college career on my wall, I had a sign perpetually looking at me, John, whatever you do, don't disappoint Tom DiBernardis. And I think I took it with me to seminary as well. And it's just one of those funny little memories. It was a nice thing to have up there. But I bring that story up because it really reminds me in a big way of St. John the Baptist and looking at this gospel today and preparing the way of the Lord, right? Because when you think about the way that our Lord goes about things, he doesn't just send us like a disembodied book, right? It's not just like, hey, everybody, here's the instruction manual, figure it out on your own. And he doesn't just like send us a text message, right? He gives us people in our life, And it's been that way, I mean, from the very beginning. I mean, he sends us prophets. He sends us these different people, you know, like Moses to lead us through different things. And John obviously is no exception. I mean, Jesus said, you know, of those born of women, there's no one greater than St. John the Baptist. And every morning in morning prayer, we priests and religious are obliged to pray what's called the Benedictus. It's part of morning prayer. And that's Zacchaeus's basically speech when he finally gets his speech back when they're naming John the Baptist. And there's a little line in here that he says to John the Baptist. Looking at the baby, he says, you, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Now, I think the facts that we're supposed to pray that every morning kind of speaks to the fact, at least for us priests and religious, and I would say to everybody, that we have to kind of play a role, right? You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. Now, St. John the Baptist literally did that, right? Going before the Lord to prepare his way. And he's stepping into a tradition of that. When we get these specific Uh, just descriptors about St. John the Baptist, about his clothes and his food, right? We don't get that about anybody else. But hearing that John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. And I know at first, like, okay, what's that about? Well, he's stepping into the role of Elijah, who wore the same things. And in fact, where he was baptizing was where Elijah was taken up into heaven. Like, he's getting to come into that prophetic role to prepare the way of the Lord, to call people to open up their hearts and to be ready for God to come into all this. And notice, I mean, it's like in some ways, I mean, he had to have been incredibly attractive. Like there was something that attracted people to him. When you hear the line, at that time, Jerusalem, 
all Judea and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him. All of these people, right? And then even the leaders, the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, he gets a little direct with them. It's that, you know, that lovely, almost Christmas phrase, you brood of vipers, right? Like, wouldn't it be nice if we put that on our Advent cards? Like, get ready for Christmas, you brood of vipers, right? And like, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? But here's the beautiful thing about that. Notice he doesn't like despair of the fact that they can possibly change. Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. Meaning like, okay, you can change too, just prove it, do it. So it's like he's really strong with some folks. He's a little bit more gentle, obviously, with others. He's a voice crying out in the wilderness, like boldly proclaiming the coming of Christ. And yet, he's incredibly humble, too. The one coming after me, I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals. Like, I'm going to baptize you with water. It's an external thing. I'm washing you on the outside. But the one coming after me, this is something bigger. He's going to baptize you with the fire of the Holy Spirit. This is no mere external washing. This is an internal transformation. And the fact of the matter is, our Lord continues to call up John the Baptist's, right, to this very day. Just like he called John the Baptist to step into the role of Elijah. God uses the people around us to keep growing, to bring people ever closer to him. And I think this time of year, it's good to do a couple of things. To step back and reflect on your own life. Who has been a John the Baptist for you? Who is your Tom DeBernardis, right? Who is the one that you don't want to disappoint? That maybe had a good impact on you in some particular way? Because the fact of the matter is, you're here. It's 10.30 on a Sunday, right? You could be watching World Cup soccer, right? And I'm not doing that either, even though I enjoy doing it. Like, there are other things you could be doing, and statistically speaking, according to, you know, so many news outlets, you shouldn't be here anyway. Everybody's walking away. Nobody believes anymore. And yet you're here. And why is that? Why do we keep showing up? Well, there is probably a John the Baptist along the way that had an impact on us that got us to repent and believe in the gospel, that encouraged us not to disappoint them, right? Now, it doesn't mean that that person has like taken the place of God, just like John the Baptist doesn't, just like Mr. DeBernardis didn't for me. I mean, having that sign on the wall in college, because I wasn't a perfect college student, you know, like having that there was a helpful little reminder. It's like, okay, I have to go back and actually look at this man, right, and promise I'm not disappointing him. Well, ultimately, I'm trying not to disappoint our Lord, but he put someone in my path to help along the way. Who's done that for you? Just look back on just years that have led up to this point. Who's helped you to stay in the faith, to be a John the Baptist in your life? But here's the other beautiful thing, right? So in the same way that we've had John the Baptist for us, Who are you being called to be a John the Baptist for now? Because in the same way that John the Baptist had to step into that role, we have to step into this role as well. God uses us to help bring other people to him, to help prepare his way. And it's going to look a little bit different depending on who we're talking to, depending on what's going on. And I'll be honest with you, it's not always easy. I think this is one of the places where the devil like tempts us the most to just keep quiet and not help other people in this way. 
to not step into this John the Baptist sort of role. And I'll just give you a personal example. I wish I could tell you that since I've been ordained a priest, this never happens anymore. Well, the story I'm going to tell you happened 48 hours ago? Not quite. Friday afternoon, right? A couple of us were working a little bit later in the school. There were three of us left. Uh, I was Camille Denhard, who's wonderful, you know, our, our uh, admissions person, director of operations in the school, and Curran Centillis, you know, who's our athletic director. The three of us in the school, and things are kind of wrapping up, I hear the six o'clock bells ring. And what happens at six? We traditionally pray the Angelus. And I had this little movement in my heart. I should recommend we pray the Angelus right now. And then I had this temptation. No, I don't want to bother them. What are they going to think of me? This and that. Here's the thing. I am a priest. What is my deal? What am I afraid of? Like, oh, they're going to think I'm a religious nut. We just prayed it at noon. They literally work for the Catholic Church. Both of them are cradle Catholics. They both know the prayer because they prayed it six hours ago. And yet, I'm like, eh, I don't want to impose myself. Literally, 48 hours ago, I am a priest and I am a coward. But I said to them, you guys want to pray the Angelus? Yeah, of course. We prayed it, and I know it was a huge burden on them. A minute and a half later, when we finished up, they both said, that's so wonderful. I love the Angelus. I'm like, yeah, so do I. And internally, I'm like... What is your deal? Why are you afraid? You know? But we all go through it, right? Like to be John the Baptist. And I know sometimes it's like, well, you know, who am I? I'm not worthy to do this. You know, I, I, I'm not good enough to try to bring other people. You know, what about the log in my... The thing is, John the Baptist is such a good example for us. Because the thing is, he's absolutely convinced about the treasure of our faith. He knows who's coming, the one who's coming after him, who's going to, you know, clear his threshing floor. He's going to get rid of the stuff that blows away. He's going to bring us to the weightier wheat, the good stuff of life. He's going to bring us into his ultimate peace. He's pointing out Christ, not pretending to be him himself. And it does take humility to step into that role and to encourage people along the way. And God uses our own gifts and characteristics. Like John the Baptist was John the Baptist, right? With all of his own things that he did, his own personality. And you're your own person too. And our Lord wants to use the gifts that he's given you to invite other people to him, to help him prepare the way of the Lord, to give people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. And when you think about this, like right now down at the street, when you leave today, you'll notice... You know, it says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's beautiful. I'm glad that people get to see that driving by. It's an important thing. But let's be honest. All of us here are going to be more impacted by someone saying to you, you know, probably be a good idea to go to confession if it's not happened in a long time. That will be more effective than someone just seeing the sign. Sign can help. But our Lord uses people in our lives, and here's the thing, wants to use you and me too to step into that John the Baptist role. And in the same way of taking some time to reflect on who's been John the Baptist for you, now, another good thing to do this week is to ask our Lord, okay, who do I need to be John the Baptist for? Who's the person in my life that you're placing there that I can encourage along the way? And of course, I mean, we've got to keep listening. We've got to keep growing ourselves. If you haven't been to confession yet this Advent, get on in there. We have it six days a week. It's like to say, it's like Chick-fil-A every day but Sunday. I mean, go to confession. Get ready yourself, of course. But then, pray for that grace, that courage 
to be like John the Baptist, to share with people the good news that we have salvation by the forgiveness of our sins. And our Lord invites us into that role, to be like John the Baptist in the here and now. And the one other thing I would say, just to kind of give you a little bit of background, you know, this year we've been completely redoing our whole faith formation program, right? We have this fee day program, and we have something called SAPS, Sacramental Accountability Partners, which I love that phrase, by the way. And it comes from this, because I think at the end of the day, it helps so much when all of us know we all have a part to play in the formation of our children in helping them to grow in the faith. Obviously, parents have the first role, right? Parents and godparents promise to raise their children in the practice of the faith, to love God and their neighbor. We had a bunch of those promises yesterday for my buddy Axel and all the rest, right? It was awesome. But parents will admit, they don't have to do it all by themselves, right? They need help. It's not easy to raise your child. And just like Tom DiBernardis played a role for me, we all have a role to play to help to lead other people on that path to salvation. And just like our Lord from the very beginning has been using other people to make that happen, he's still doing it now. He's still calling you and me to thank God for the John the Baptists in our life and also ask him for the strength, the courage, the humility, the boldness to be a John the Baptist ourselves. Ask our Lord for the grace this week to know who is it that he's asking you to help, to have the courage to step up and to do it, and to lead other people into that way of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Praise be Jesus Christ.